You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we started covering the Chargers over six seasons ago, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to anyone checking out the show today for the first time. And another special thank you to those who contributed to our Twitter Tuesday segment that we're going to be getting into today. So we do have a lot to get into on today's show because we did see a roster breakdown from Bolts from the Blues, Michael Peterson, that we wanted to get into because there are some surprise cuts there. And I think it's just always worth it to kind of talk about, hey, everyone has their camp favorites, all of these things. But at the end of the day, guys are going to have to get cut and guys that maybe contributed last year could not be on the roster this year, especially when you bring in nine rookies like the Chargers did this season. So we'll get into the offense first and talk about a surprise cut with Joe Reed and Josh Kelly being cut from the Chargers, according to Michael Peterson's roster prediction 1.0, because obviously things can change. But in the second segment, we'll get into the defensive side of the ball and a couple of guys that don't end up making the team there. And then to wrap up the show, we have our Twitter Tuesday segment We asked you guys if you had any questions on Twitter, and we got some good ones. We'll talk about the position group that we're looking forward to most this season, how the kicking game is going to play out, and who is going to win that job potentially, and much more in the Twitter questions. So let's go ahead and get into it. Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue ended up coming out with his early roster prediction 1.0. And of course, at this point, you take everything with a grain of salt, right? So I'm not going to, you know... (laughs) get mad about any of these guys getting cut because things can obviously change. But I do want to get into the thought process of guys who did get cut in this version of his roster prediction because I think there is an argument and a chance that all the guys that he has cut on this list actually could potentially get cut, David. So let's start with the offensive side of the ball and let's start with the running back position because we all know that last season, Joshua Kelly was Anthony Lynn's guy, right? And after an early surge in the season where the Chargers felt like they really had a piece that could contribute to this offense, he has a couple of fumbles, things go poorly for him the rest of the season, as Michael Peterson puts on here. Besides those first few games, the rest of the year, he averaged just 3.03 yards per carry, which is not good, especially for a guy that felt like he could get, you know, four to five yards of carry, just put his head down do all of those things. He wasn't running tough. You could tell he was thinking about the fumbling issues. And in this, David, with this prediction, Michael Peterson has Gabe Neighbors as one of the running backs, but he also has Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, and the new sixth-round pick, Larry Roundtree, making the team. Yeah, the unfortunate thing with Joshua Kelly last year, I mean, a guy who in training camp, by all accounts, was tearing tearing it up and was a guy who had the spotlight on him for a guy who was performing really well and, and took that into the season, by all accounts. But then he had a, some fumbling issues, and, you know, like you said, he lost his confidence and he just never was the same player. And, yes, he was Anthony Lynn's guy. And with the new coaching staff here, with, the you know, the new offensive philosophy, I mean, there's no real allegiance to him. And the Chargers drafted another running back in Larry Roundtree 
the third, and I think he's going to be Brandon Staley's guy. I mean, Joshua Kelly was supposed to be that physical in-between-the-tackles runner. That's pretty much exactly what Larry Roundtree is. So I think he saw what Joshua Kelly did last year, and he said, hey, I'm going to go get my guy who does similar things but maybe does it a little bit better. So I definitely see a scenario uh, with this, with that being said, where Joshua Kelly finds himself on the outside looking in with Larry Roundtree taking that spot. Yeah, I mean, I know that Larry Roundtree will end up making this roster. At least that's what it feels like, right? I mean, but at the same time, we have already seen Joshua Kelly, you know, put on a show and make kind of a name for himself at training camp. So there's nothing to say that he can't come back this year and do the same thing, right? And really wow the coaches and wow this new coaching staff to make him stick around. And I think it goes to something that you were saying before the show. Four running backs isn't necessarily surprising, but... Potentially keeping Gabe Neighbors is because this was an undrafted free agent from 2020 who made the team as kind of that versatile half tight end, half fullback kind of position. And we've seen Shanahanian offenses use fullbacks in that way. He kind of fits the mold as like a lesser athletic Kyle Juszczyk or a guy that hasn't been as productive in that role, but can move around and be that, you know, fullback that can actually get out there and receive. So they might value that, but if you're keeping only four, are you going to keep Gabe Neighbors over someone like Joshua Kelly? That will be very interesting to see. But getting to the wide receiver position here, Michael Peterson has the Chargers keeping six wide receivers on the 2021 roster. But that means somebody gets left out. And in this case, it's Joe Reed that gets left out, which is kind of a bummer if that were to really happen because I know we all had high hopes for him. But I think he lays out a very strong argument why. So in this case... Josh Palmer as a third-round pick is definitely making the team. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, obviously. Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson did plenty last year to want to see what they have for another season. And then the last roster spot, in this case, goes to K.J. Hill. And the argument here is from Michael Peterson. He was used a lot at the end of the season, or used much more at the end of the season. He still only had seven catches for 70-something yards, so he wasn't a big part of it, but... David, I mean, it is still surprising to see someone like Joe Reed, who is an offensive weapon, kind of get left off this list, and it definitely could happen. It definitely could happen, but I think Joe Reed never got a fair opportunity to show what he could do in this offense. I mean, he's a gadget type of guy, a guy that is explosive and dynamic in the open field, but he never really got many opportunities to show that ability. I mean, he had a couple of plays. You even saw a running play where you could see him out in space and see what he was able to do. He got in the end zone on that play, but that was pretty much it. I mean, you never really saw him get many more opportunities other than that, and he had no receptions last year, so he didn't get any opportunities there either. I just think that hopefully this year for Joe Reed, he at least gets an opportunity to go out there and show what his ability is because I feel like if he is used correctly, he's a guy who can be a dynamic part of the offense, one of those gadget guys that can help you get the ball up the football field. But I mean, we'll see. I think, do you want to go with another possession wide receiver like KJ Hill, or do you want to go with a dynamic playmaking type of guy in Joe Reed? I think right there is going to be the main battle for that last wide receiver spot. So would you rather have Joe Reed at this point than KJ Hill? Would you rather see him get another chance? I mean, I just want to... Because somebody has to get cut. You know, if if someone stays, someone has to go. They can't have it both ways. 
No, you're right. I understand that. Uh, but, I mean, I think K.J. Hill is just a, a nice possession type of receiver. But I like Joe Reed's playmaking ability a little bit more. But, I mean, we'll have to see. We'll see who wins out in training camp. But right now, I just hope that Joe Reed gets a, a fair opportunity to go out there and show what he is capable of doing. And so David doesn't want K.J. Hill to make the roster. I get it. I mean. Hey, I, I didn't say that. Don't but, put hey, words but in my mouth You have now. to pick one. I mean, I, that's what I asked you. If you're picking one, are you picking K.J. Hill or are you picking Joe All Reed? All right, fine. Gun to my head. I'm going with Joe Reed. I just want the explosive playmaking ability. Yeah, and I get that. And I think that's the hard part about this is you're going to have to make tough decisions. It's The math isn't going to add up. You know, maybe they keep seven receivers, but six seems more likely. So, with Joe Reed, the other big thing is is he didn't really succeed as a kick returner. You know, he had You're right. 21 return attempts, as Michael Peterson talked about. You know, Nazir Adderley stole that job and had multiple 50-plus yard returns last year and was easily the best return man. Now, obviously, he's in a bigger role, but you never saw Joe Reed really take that by the horns. I mean, you saw more mistakes from him in the kick return game than you saw splashy plays and he only averaged just over 20 yards per return there he did average 5.8 yards per rush which is definitely something you know there is space for but how do they see him right and if his route running is really that far behind and that's why he was a healthy scratch last year I don't think that you know gives him any good leverage going into this season unless all of those things are taken care of and all you have to worry about is you know getting him the ball and he's going to run the right route get to the right spot and he'll be able to do something in space because in space he is, you know, a difference maker in that sense. But I do want to also touch on the offensive line here because he does have nine offensive linemen making the roster. Obviously the starting five that we all know about that's left tackle Rashawn Slater. Then it goes Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Oday Abushi as we see it and Brian Bulaga. And then for reserves, he has Trey Pipkins, Tyree St. Louis, new rookie Brendan Hymas, and also Scott Questenberry. So the biggest guy here, David, that gets left off the list is Storm Norton, which, you know, was a guy who showed some promise. Like, is it now him versus Trey Pipkins? Because we know Tom Telesco is, you know, bullish on Trey Pipkins, as he's told us many times. And how do they feel about Brendan Hymas as a swing tackle? Yeah, I think that is the battle, honestly. I mean, for Trey Pipkins, he was a developmental guy when they took him in the third round out of Sioux Falls. I, I mean, come on. He hasn't really shown much, honestly, in the in the couple years that he's been with the Chargers. I just I don't know if it's wor- worth keeping. I think it's time to acknowledge the fact that you made a mistake when you took Trey Pipkins. I think I saw more production and better play out of Storm Norton than I did out of Trey Pipkins. I mean, I don't know if that's such a crazy statement, but... I mean, that's how I feel. So, I mean, I think in training camp, it should be which which of these guys is going to play better, which of these guys earns a spot. I think it, at the end of the day, it is between those two guys. They don't have a lot of depth at the guard position, and I think that's a, a, a bigger concern than who is going to be the backup tackle. Yeah, I mean, it just depends how you feel about Scott Questenberry because he's the obvious backup center. We've liked what we've seen, you know, in the very limited amount we've seen from Scott Questenberry, but... Yeah, Brendan Hymas, I think, would be a good depth piece at guard and obviously gives you some tackle flexibility. But Tyree St. Louis is the primary backup guard, if that's not going to Scott Questenberry right away, is a little frightening just because we only saw a little bit of Tyree St. Louis last year. 
but it wasn't anything that made you want to just be like, yeah, I feel great about that position right now. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't. So that is a guy I think could be on the bubble, but there's also no obvious replacements for him. So that'll be interesting to see how that guard depth plays out and how they kind of view these guys as offensive linemen. But we do have the defensive side of the ball to get into. So up next, we'll be talking about some defensive linemen that end up getting cut. We'll talk about the edge rusher, linebacker, and safety groups that Michael Peterson has making the Chargers roster. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And right now, guys, for me, I got my eyes on the playoffs. And the NHL playoffs have been going absolutely crazy. I mean, the first day every game is decided by a goal or less. And you have the NBA basketball playoffs coming up as well. Play-in games with everything to lose. I mean, so much good stuff to bet on right now. So make sure you're not sitting on the sidelines. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. But we can even save you guys some money and get you some free money. We can even get you guys some free money because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on, all caps, one word at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I also need to tell you guys that the best protein bar on the planet and my favorite protein bar is Built Bar. I mean, it's my favorite for sure. And one of the things I value the most about Built Bar is the variety. I mean, there's a ton of limited time flavors. If you go on there, you're almost always going to find some fun new flavor to pick from. And then there's just the classics that you can never go wrong with, like peanut butter brownie, Salted caramel. Built bars are great. I mean, they fit pretty much any diet low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein. And at the same time, you're getting something that tastes good. Because for me, if it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to eat it. And these ones are all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Right now, if you guys want to save some money on built bars, you can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. All right, well, we talked about Michael Peterson's offensive side of the ball for who he thinks at this point is going to make the Chargers 53-man roster in 2021. But now it's time to look at the defensive side of things. And first, I want to start with the defensive line because they end up keeping five on this list. And now, you know, Joey Bosa, Andrew Chen, and Wosu don't count as defensive linemen. They're technically just edge rushers, so that gets its own division and there's five of those. But for the interior, you have Limbaugh Joseph, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, Christian Covington, and Braden Fehoko. But there could be a, a good amount of competition for that last spot, David, because in this list, you have guys like, you know, maybe Joe Gaziano, if they see him as an interior guy, he doesn't make the list. You have a seventh round pick in Cortez Broughton that doesn't make the list. So I think this could be a very competitive position here. And he has Braden Fehoko as the guy that's kind of coming out on top. Yeah, I mean, I see this as a position where they are going to have a lot of competition and they're going to try to, to round out the back end of it with the best possible guy. And I think a, a, an undrafted guy who could potentially make some noise here is Forrest Merrill, the defensive tackle. I think he, he's a good run stuffer, a guy who can take on some double teams and maybe help the rotation as a run stuffing type of defensive uh, nose tackle type guy. Um, I'm looking at him as a potential guy uh, to make some noise at that position. Yeah, he's the guy that's easy to root for because he is like a little bowling ball. I mean, just six foot and has great leverage because he's smaller than most of the offensive linemen he's going up against. And then, and it says he weighs 323. 
I wouldn't doubt if he weighed, you know, 330 or 340. So I think yeah, he's huge. with Christian Covington, that's a, a guy that they brought in after, you know, they signed Forrest Merrill as an undrafted free agent. So maybe they that kind of takes up his spot because him and Limbaugh Joseph are more of the true nose tackles. I don't know if they would have room for him now that Covington is in the building, but definitely a guy that as far as the stopping the run goes is very, very sturdy. For me, it's just where is the pass rush going to come from? Because Justin Jones has gotten no pass rush in his career for the Chargers, and Jerry Tillery is still somewhat of a work in progress. Limbaugh Joseph has zero sacks last year. Who is going to step up on that interior with the guys that make this list and actually you know, put up some sack production or at least do enough to help the guys out on the outside? So that'll be, I think, one of Brandon Staley's biggest challenges for this defense in 2021. But let's move to the linebackers because – the four guys that make the team are no surprise. Kenneth Murray Jr., Drew Tranquil, Kazir White, and Nick Neiman, who's the rookie who we expect to play a lot of special teams. But that's still pretty thin, David. I mean, Kazir White has obviously had some injury issues. Drew Tranquil missed the entirety of 2020 outside of the first game with a pretty nasty injury as well and has some injury history going back to college. And I just wonder if there's enough special teams you know, help from this linebacker position. Cause I don't know if Kazir White will play a lot of that, but maybe he will. It'd be interesting because they were having him on a snap count before, you know? So do they have enough depth at this position or in reality, could someone like our boy bong, Ogbong Bamiga make the team as, you know, a pretty athletic guy who can stop the run and has a lot of traits that you like. I think Bong has a good good shot. I mean, if we're looking at an undrafted guy to potentially make a make some noise or make this roster, I think this is a spot to look at. I mean, Kenneth Murray played all the games last year. You like that, but Drew Tranquil injury history. Kaiser White had, has injury issues. Nick Neiman is young. He's a rookie. We don't know how much he's going to be able to contribute. How quickly? So yeah, that's a position I think you look at to see another guy to try to add to it because the depth right now is a little bit scary. Yeah, it is. And you wonder if they do keep someone like Ogbong Bamiga, we know they're still going to probably keep Nick Neiman just for the special teams value. Where does it get taken off? And I think your eyes first go to the cornerbacks because the Chargers keep six on this list, including both Brandon Faison and Tavon Campbell. And this is kind of tricky because Ryan Smith, I think he is emergency depth, but he's mostly a special teams guy. So you have the top three corners, Chris Harris Jr., Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., who, I mean, is still unproven at this point. And their main backups are Brandon Faison and Tavon Campbell. So that's only really two true corners that you have as depth at this point, David. And you don't really feel great about those last guys. And you also have to factor in that you only have four safeties on the roster too. Derwin James, Nazir Adderley, Alohi Gilman, and Mark Webb. The problem with that position, three of those guys are strong safeties, right? So... Nazir Adderley, even with an injury history that kept him out of most of the 2019 season, he's the only free safety on this roster, which I think still remains a big concern. That's a huge concern. I mean, if anything happens to Nazir Adderley next year, who are they going to put out there at free safety? I mean, I don't think they have another guy on the roster they feel comfortable enough with to be able to go out there and adequately play that position. I mean, I don't know how they can feel comfortable going into the year with that lack of depth at the safety position. There's no other guy that can kind of fill that role. I mean, Derwin James can do it, obviously, but right. is Derwin James going to be there? And is that really the best use of Derwin James? I don't think so. But 
I just don't know how they can go into this season and feel comfortable with one guy who can play free safety. I just I don't see it. It's got to be a position they have to add to before they go into this 2021 season. Yeah, and Derwin James would be the obvious answer. I mean, he definitely could play free safety, but he's the guy you need the backup for most. So, I mean, yes, there is a scenario where he moves over to free safety, then maybe you want to put Mark Webb out there, and they haven't really committed to him as just a safety or it's a low he Gilman out there with Derwin James at free safety, Gilman at strong safety, when the last year's coaching staff was obviously different, but he couldn't find room on this defense even when they were battered at that position. So that's a really interesting spot for me on this roster because you have two safeties who have both been injury prone over the last two years, and the depth behind them is pretty scary because we haven't seen either of those guys, Mark Webb or... Alohi Gilman actually play any meaningful snaps for the defense, and obviously Webb's a rookie. But you wonder if maybe Webb makes you feel better about releasing one of those corners instead because you feel like he can kind of be a backup in the slot, you know, behind Chris Harris Jr. So that is really interesting. But I think the thing is here is guys are going to get squeezed out. You only get 53 dudes to come on the team. So it'll be interesting how this new coaching staff kind of allocates these positions and says how many players are going to be at each of these positions because even as we're seeing it now you like a lot of the guys on the roster obviously but there's some guys you know that we feel okay about that are getting left off and hopefully the competition just lets the best man win and that guy will play a role for the chargers in 2021 but it is going to be interesting especially when you see to see it laid out like this and you see guys like joe reed getting cut and cortez brought in a guy who's kind of been hanging around getting cut so I'm very excited to see it, and I think hopefully a competitive cut is made at all of these positions, and a guy that makes the team absolutely deserves to do it. So we do have one more segment we want to get into, however, because we are going to answer a question about kickers, and we didn't get to talk about the specialists on this prediction of a roster, so we'll talk about who we think is going to make the team as a kicker for the Chargers in 2021 in our Twitter Tuesday questions coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that the official auto parts sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is rockauto.com. I've already had to use Rock Auto, unfortunately, several times, but the best part about it is, is obviously I'm very upset when something goes wrong with my car, but to have the convenience of being able to just go on to rockauto.com, having them simplify it for me to be able to go in there and find my part and also know that I'm getting the best price because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the best price with rockauto.com. I mean, it's just perfect. You don't have to go into a chain store and ask somebody to look something up for you in a book or on their computer. You can go to one of the biggest inventories you're going to find. They're probably going to have the part that you need, and best of all, it's going to get delivered right to your house. So whether you need brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, you can find it at rockauto.com. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into our Twitter Tuesday segment. And we apologize for putting the post out late. We wish we could have had more interactions with you guys, but I do think that we got some really good questions out of it. And I want to start here with Vince Mora, who is asking about something that's obviously near to dear, near and dear to our hearts, which is him asking if John Kegley 
John Kegley, aka Biggest Charger fan on Twitter, feels about the draft. But at this point, we don't even know if he knows what happened in the draft. David has actually sent him a letter telling him about everything, but we still at this point do not know how John Kegley feels about it. And if we know anything about John, we know he will have some strong thoughts on it. But let's get to the next question here from Blake's dad on Twitter, one of our voicemail callers as well. And he asks, how would you all feel about having a few plays a game featuring Easton Stick? Potentially Lombardi has an idea for using Taysom that way. And no, I don't want to take Herbert out, but it could be beneficial a few times. So David, this is something we've thought about before. What do you think about that potentially? I mean, it hasn't worked in the past, so it doesn't give you a lot of confidence that it could work in the future. Now, to be fair, it wasn't really set up very well. I don't really like how they uh, went like went about doing it. I feel like if you're going to do it, you really have to set it up well, and it has to kind of come out of nowhere, and the design has to be right. I mean, technically, Easton Stick is a little bit faster than Justin Herbert. He ran to 4.62 versus Justin Herbert's 4.69, so he is maybe a little bit faster, but not by a whole lot. So, I mean, I can see it happening, but I'm leaning more towards I don't want to see it, and honestly, I wouldn't be mad if we didn't. Well, and it's kind of like the roster cuts we talked about, right? Because... You don't want to take the ball out of Justin Herbert's hand, but something has to give, right? So you are taking it out of his hands to give it to Easton Stick. And the other thing about this specifically is Easton Stick and Taysom Hill aren't even on the same level, you know, athletically. I mean, Taysom Not Hill at all. is much more athletic. And the other part of it is, I mean, David said that we've seen it. I mean, we really haven't seen it with Easton Stick. It was like literally two plays. But at the same time, if he's on the field, people know he's going to run it, and he's not the explosive type of athlete that can run it, even though you know he's probably going to run it. And as far as throwing it goes, we haven't really seen him ever do that you know, successfully at the NFL level. So we just don't know if he has that. But he's just not the same type of offensive weapon that someone like Taysom Hill could be. But you know, a lot of people probably thought that about Taysom Hill, but I think he ran like close to a 4-4. So just a different type of athlete. I don't see where Taysom... I don't see where Easton Stick gets on the field as one of those packages. But let's get to the next question here. And this is actually three question from three questions from Quinn Knapps on Twitter. Really good questions. He asked, how do we see the kicker competition playing out? And then he also asked, if a Saints-influenced offensive scheme is a good fit for Justin Herbert, and if we know which veterans are planning to participate in practice this week. So, Let's start with the practice part of it because this is phase two of the Chargers offseason practices and that includes, according to their website, one week of practices, virtual meetings, on-field drills with coaches per CBA rules, no contact slash teaching pace. So if there was something that happened with the Chargers today, I have no idea because I haven't seen it you know, anywhere and I'm, we're doing this on Monday, which is May 17th which is supposed to be when this part of the camp starts. But we have seen some other players, you know, working on the side, Keenan Allen running routes with Justin Herbert and things like that. Joshua Palmer also mentioned going and meeting up with those guys. So I think we'll start to see it trickle out with guys posting it on their Instagram and things like that. But let's get back to the kicker part of this, David, because the Chargers have Michael Badgley, who struggled mightily last year. And they've also brought in two guys to compete with him with Alex Kessman, an undrafted free agent, and also Tristan Vizcaino, who has very limited NFL experience up till this point and kicked collegiately last in 2017. So as you see this right now, we don't have a good gauge on how these guys are performing yet at practice, but how do you see it playing out? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're really committed to any any three of these guys. I mean, obviously, Michael Badgley got the extension, but it was a one-year extension, and it was very low money, so it was not really a major statement there. I think the Chargers are doing the right thing by adding competition because last year the kicking game was not good enough. It just it was not going to cut it. They cannot go into another season with that type of performance at the kicking position. So the fact that they are bringing in guys like Alex Kessman and Tristan Viscaino to push Michael Badgley and really allow the best guy, the guy who's kicking the best, the guy who, who is doing their job at the highest level, really earn that job. And I hope that that's what we see. I mean, I don't know right now who has who is the front runner. Probably Michael Badgley, but just because he's been here longer. But I hope it's the best man who wins out because, like I said, last year's performances by Michael Badgley was not good enough. And it sucks because Michael Badgley is a fan favorite, or at least he was before last season. I mean, it's hard to kind of gauge that now coming off of that season, and that's the NFL, right? I mean, you can be everyone's favorite kicker, but if you have one bad season, that's really all people are going to remember you for, right? Not the good it's season all of, that it's you It's all had about what have you done ago. for me lately. Exactly. So I just think that for him, there's no ties to the new coaching staff. It should just be the best man wins, but he's also the only one you've seen actually in games for the most part, right? Tristan Viscaino has three professional kicks all in 2020 in one game for the San Francisco 49ers. He made all three of them with a long of 47, but before that, his collegiate career was with Washington and his last game was in 2017. And that season was the only season he started. He actually started 2016 as a punter for most of the season. He was their main punter for that season. And in his season with Washington as the starter, he didn't make any 50-plus yard field goals. And the other part of it was he only made 60% of his field goals for his career. But yeah, it's different at college because in college, you're kicking from different hash marks. The field's a lot wider. You can be a lot further to the right or left than you are in the pros when the hash marks are much thinner. You're not having to kick it side to side as much. So I definitely understand that part of it. But it's tough to know what this guy's going to be able to do, you know, four years later at the NFL level with really only one game. But we have heard him talked about several times by Brandon Staley about them specifically going and picking this guy out. And the other argument, I guess, for Alex Kessman would just be, you know, record holder for the highest percentage of 50 plus yard kicks at the NCAA record, but was a 72.6% field goal kicker at Pitt overall over four seasons. So, He's the guy I would like for it, I think. I mean, he wasn't handpicked. He's an undrafted free agent, so in that sense he is. But the 50-plus yard field goals is something that has absolutely plagued the Chargers. Michael Badgley's career, I think, is 33% on 50-plus yard kicks. So I, that's where I think the edge would be as far as that position goes. But one more thing. I know I'm going for a long time, but just to talk about the Saints offense and how Justin Herbert fits in it. I don't think it's just going to be the Saints offense. And I also think the Saints offense with Drew Brees isn't necessarily what they would do if they had someone who had more arm strength, right? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, this year what that offense potentially looks like without those drawbacks, but obviously having, you know, a great in Drew Brees. But is Keenan Allen going to start getting Michael Thomas targets? I think that's a question that I'd rather talk about. Sure potentially. He'd, I'm sure he'd like to see that. Yeah. And talking about something we'd be looking forward to seeing. Zachary Shelton on Twitter also asked us, what position group are you most looking forward to seeing on the field this year? So, Zach, I know you also asked about what guests we would want on the show most, and I think obviously it's J. Cole. So we don't have to really get into that part, but <laughs> for this part of it, 
there's a lot of positions I think to choose from. And I think there's just a lot of individual players in these position groups that we're looking forward to watching in 2021. For me, it's the tight end position, Daniel. I'm really excited about Frank Smith, the new tight end coach, and what he was able to do with Darren Waller with the Raiders. I want to see what his impact is going to be on Donald Parham and Steven Anderson, who showed some things last year as a pass catcher, and what Jared Cook is going to help, uh, what Jared Cook is going to do with, for this offense, and how he's going to help mentor those guys as well. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. I definitely wasn't thinking that, but I like the points that you made with it. For me, if I can't go quarterback, because I'm very looking forward to seeing Justin Herbert this year in that position group Absolutely. on the field, uh, I would go with wide receiver because I just think there's a ton of interesting storylines there, right? Because this is Mike Williams' final year. What is he going to be able to do in a contract season with a chance to potentially break the bank in 2022, right? How does Josh Palmer, a guy that they took not even as a position of need, right, in the third round of the draft, where does he fit in? Because he's a guy that we're pretty excited about and spent the last season, you know, just burning other guys that were drafted in the top 40 picks of the NFL draft. So that's exciting. Keenan Allen in a new offense, like we talked about, is he going to get Michael Thomas targets, right? Can he kind of build on a season where he averaged less than 10 yards per catch? I know he's trying to redeem himself and get back in the thousand yard receiving season game, right? So much to talk about there, and that's not even including, you know, what happens with Joe Reed or KJ Hill, and also a couple of guys in Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson who were trying to break out after breakout seasons in 2020. So I think there's so many storylines with the wide receiver position that I'm pretty excited to see how it plays out, and that's one where I think the competition is going to show up on the field because that's a really good group of guys. And guys, that really should all be getting snaps on this offense with some of the things that they bring to the table. So, The safeties, too. Just real quick, I know we're going long, but I mean, I'm mean, i excited about the safeties and what Brandon Staley is going to do with those guys. Yeah, and I'm terrified of the safeties because there's only one free safety on the roster. But that's a story for another time. But on tomorrow's show, guys, if you want to contribute, I mean, this is a time of the year where we kind of want to know what you want to talk about, right? So... If you want to get your input onto the show, we're going to do some voicemails on tomorrow's show. If you guys want to get your voice on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And there is some other stuff, you know, I want to talk about playing against the AFC North and the NFC East. We will get into that too, but for now, we want to get your guys' thoughts on the Chargers currently, and you can do that with the voicemail line. That is going to do it for today's show. If you guys don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. They're not subscribing anymore. You're following. There's no payment necessary to listen to the show. And you can find the show on the new Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. And if you guys like the show, again, we ask, please rate and review. We would really appreciate it. We're trying to build that number up because I think we are putting out a really good show for you guys. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at DanTalkSports. And you can find David Drogemeyer at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.